Welcome to Retro Fanfic Retrospective, the podcast where we dredge up old fanfiction and expose it to the cold, harsh light of 2019. My name is Amato, and with me are... Tori. And Dom. And Emily. Yes, I'm very excited today to have my friend Emily here. You're visiting from Washington. Yes, I am. And Emily here is an actual, honest-to-goodness Harry Potter fan. Yes, (laughs) yes. Um, Definitely one of my special interests, and I've been a Harry Potter fan since, like, I think since this fanfic came out, 2002, <laughs> sounds about right. Was this fanfic what got you into Harry Potter? <laughs> um, actually, my friend Sherry was to blame. She was my best friend in high school, and um, she kept telling me about the books, and I, me trying to be rebellious, I was like, I'm not going to read that. That's popular. And <laughs> she finally like just handed me the first book. She's like, you're going to read this? You're going to love it? And you're going to be obsessed like I am. And yeah, pretty much that's how it went. Um, like, loved them immediately. They read a lot, like, uh, Roald Dahl books, which I was a big fan mm. of as a kid. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. I never thought of it like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, because you have, like, a kid in a horrible situation and then something magical happens and then their life completely changes and that, but everything is equally like dangerous too. And a lot of that same like silly stuff, yeah. like the funny candies yeah. and all Absolutely. of that. I would be way into it if at one point Rowling went like the beginning of Matilda and just started ranting to the reader <laughs> about how terrible children are or something. <laughs> I think I'd like it if we found out that um, Willy Wonka was a wizard. I mean, isn't that pretty Wait. much already the case? But like, um, that could check out, yeah. Yeah, but, but like in direct violation of Ministry of Magic Protocols wizard. Uh, <laughs> honestly. Too wealthy to mess with. Exactly. Selling all of his candy to both <laughs> wizarding and muggle worlds. <laughs> I feel like my mind is like being blown a little bit here because I, I feel like literally like Charlie the Chocolate Factory exists in the Harry Potter universe now. I don't think that's ever going to get separated in my head. It just makes too much sense. Yeah, let's call that officially headcanon. (laughs) Indeed, yeah. I've been inundated into the fan culture. (laughs) I mean, that's my favorite type of fanfic is crossovers, so... I think we can slot in the BFG very comfortably. Yeah. Um, What else have we got? James and the Giant Peach? Oh, yeah. Similar tone. I don't know. But similar tone, but I'm not sure what the uh, actual points of similarity are. Well, it's just an enlargement spell gone wrong, right? Right. It would just be like the uh, He's got the evil ants in there. And mm-hmm. uh-huh. the parents were killed by a rhino. <laughs> <laughs> this is really bleak. Matilda can just get an owl any year <laughs> then. Yeah. Like, like how, old, how old is she in that book? She's less than 11. She's still got it coming. Yeah. 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 She's just a witch, like, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Ra- Ravenclaw. She's a witch, yeah. Well, Ravenclaw? American, right? Or, or yeah. was it a... No, the movie was American. No, the no. book is British. Right. Mm-hmm. I really appreciated the movie just for the casting of the adults. Both, oh, my God. Both the yeah. parents and Trunchbull yeah. were just great. Spot They're great. On. Well, the nice thing about the parents is that they weren't exactly the same characterizations as the book. But both of the characterizations they went with worked really, mm-hmm. really well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Trunchbull was just perfect. 
Oh, absolutely. And like, who is also in the Harry Potter films? Wait, who does she play? Uh, Aunt March. The one who gets blown up. Perfect. Yes. (laughs) Also very rolled doll-esque. Yeah. Going back to Harry Potter or being a fan of it, you are somewhat engaged in the Harry Potter fandom, right, Emily? Yeah, yeah. Um, Like, mostly through Facebook groups. um, And back in the day, it was, like, through LiveJournal. There were a lot of... Harry Potter communities, Harry Potter fanfic communities through there. Um, yeah, it would just... Um, God, like, a lot of the fandom right now is just arguing about where we stand on Fantastic Beasts um, <laughs> and what is Rowling doing? What? That is a question. Oh, mm. goodness. Yeah, <laughs> and then it, that kind of becomes an argument, too, of some people that love how involved she is in the fandom and answers questions and stuff and the other side of us that are like no please please take her twitter away (laughs) (laughs) so what what exactly is the issue with her uh responses to fans i guess is my question it's um sometimes it's just out of nowhere facts about the wizarding world like um she answered a question about um, bathrooms in the Wizarding World, mm-hmm. and apparently that they used to not exist, and so wizards would just shit their robes and then make it disappear, I guess. This has become internet famous. Yeah, that yeah, that yeah. Thing. <laughs> I've heard that. I can see how if you're working as a fan writer especially, you might not appreciate sudden backdrops <laughs> like that. And then there's just some, like, the information she gives um, where it's like, yeah, this is clearly a British woman. It's just very um, colonial, the way she describes, like, Mm -hmm. other wizarding schools in the world. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, there's a school in Africa, and they all specialize in changing into animals. And there's a school in Japan, and they're all very hardworking and, like... Stop. Yeah. Stop. Please. Well, I've definitely heard some <laughs> things about her politics. And I mean, Harry Potter, of course, has a lot of racist components to it. Like, Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. So it's sad to hear, though, that like after all these years, she's still kind of that ignorant. I mm-hmm. guess. Mm-hmm. As long as we're airing controversy, what is your position on Fantastic Beasts? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the first one was pretty. I like the fantastic beasts um, <laughs> the beasts were pretty fantastic they were pretty fantastic right. yeah, yeah. I, I liked the character of newt scalamander um i liked how he is um and this came from like a youtube essay i watched where they talked about how he um is a good definition of non-toxic masculinity um that he kind of solves problems through kindness and um, being good to all the creatures around him. And um, I do agree with that. I kind of liked how um, quirky he was. Um, That's about it. Well, it was nice to see a a Hufflepuff doing well. Yes, (laughs) absolutely. Actually, like, the Fantastic Beasts movie, I absolutely loved 
mm-hmm. because I just yeah. felt like it was all the beasts. And also, yeah, yeah, yeah. new Scamander. I wouldn't say it's non-toxic masculinity because mm-hmm. I don't think it's masculinity at all. Sure, this is yeah. just my perspective is that you, you know, you don't have to portray masculinity just because of a gender that's being presented, especially in a film because they're all binary mm-hmm. genders, etc. Right. Yeah. But my main point is that yeah, he is a chill person. Mm-hmm. He doesn't perform masculinity is mm-hmm. kind of the cool thing. He performs kindness. Yes. And just kind of does his thing. Also, the beasts are just fucking fantastic. <laughs> Can true, I just say though. they are yeah, fantastic? Yeah. Like Nifflers. <laughs> All right, so that's how we work in Fantastic Mr. Fox. <laughs> They're fantastic. The They're word fantastic. Fantastic, fantastic yeah, beasts. Yeah, great. Fantastic. I, I thought it was clever. Fantastic Mr. Fox and where to find them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Mr. Fox would appreciate you knowing where to find them. <laughs> Well, if you all appreciated Fantastic Beasts, then I hope you enjoyed today's fanfic. We were reading Harmless and Easily Domesticated by Angie Astrovic, maybe? I I don't know. I'm a substitute teacher by trade, so I'm used to seeing a lot of names and being like, could it be this? No? Maybe not? Maybe it's something else? So you're you're used to giving up on trying to pronounce names. Usually I have someone there who can tell me how it's pronounced. Whereas in this case, no, I just kind of have to throw it out there. Angie, maybe, possibly, Astrovic. Sort of like that quiet kid you get, like, you know, when you're teaching middle or high school and they just, like, won't tell you how to pronounce their name. <laughs> you're <laughs> just sitting there and you're like, I, I care of it, so where wits? And they're just like, nope, nope. <laughs> well, even if you have a hard pronounced last name, sometimes you just kind of give up trying to tell people. Oh, yeah. I feel gratified sometimes when I announce pe- pronounce people's names and they're like, oh, man, they got it. <laughs> Occasionally. Now, this fanfic is short. It's also old, as is our want. It's from 2002 through 2003. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty short because I decided to have Emily as a guest on fairly last minute. And it is specifically this fanfic thanks to our friend Hyaru. It's been a while since this came up, but... Back when I started looking for fanfics to put on the big list of stuff to choose, I ran into a live journal post called 20 Good Fanfics by someone called Hyaru. Mm. You can find a link there at bit.ly slash RFR good, because I just decided to list that thing. When I saw this list and like the first few fanfics they put on were like anime and Sailor Moon fanfics, and I was like, yes, yes, that and that. So I was just sold on the rest of the list. The last time we've done something that I got to through Hyaru was probably uh, the Turtles one. Um, oh, the Lutheran Turtles. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Peace on Earth, Goodwill to Turtles. But the other thing, another fanfic on this list was um, a, The Very Secret Diary. Mm. And so pretty much anything on this I'm game to do. And so when I was looking for a short Harry Potter fic that I had some reason to think was good... This fanfic was also on that same list. So all of these have been good so far. All of the ones that we've read recommended by Hyrule, we've been pretty pleased with. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. It definitely had some Legit. merit to them, at least. Yeah. yeah. And I'm sure we'll get to more in the future. Now, I, I don't think this fanfic is quite a very secret, the very secret diary, but I enjoyed reading it. Hmm. Um, let's see. Who wants to dive in about the premise here? Just from the title, I immediately reacted with, please let this involve Lupin in some way. <laughs> it does. <laughs> and, and it does. It did. So I was quite happy. 
from the title, I was like, is this going to involve the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy or something? Mm-hmm. But no, yeah. that, that would be mostly harmless mostly and easily harm. domesticated, which would be a good crossover also. My first question going into it was, what year is it supposed to be? At yeah, I wondered that too. Uh, yeah, Hayaru they, makes that clear on the link, but I did not actually give you that description. It came up in one of the later chapters. Um, it did. I yeah. think their fifth year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, from yeah. that description... It branches off after the events of the fourth book because the author began those stories before the fifth book came out. Ah. Um, but that's it's after fifth year. It's fourth. Wait, it's, uh, what, what year did you just say it actually is? Fifth year. It is yeah. fifth year. Okay. It's fifth year. And I does the author make this in their notes? No, they don't. But they do mention events of like the, the fourth. Wait, is the beginning of the fifth book or the fourth book? Now I can't remember. Uh, they mentioned specifically that this one chapter they have a, a difference in the continuity with Umbridge being in a different spot. Oh yes, yes. yeah. At one point they were like, "Oh, I'm actually referencing Order of the Phoenix now," and yeah, they make they their, reached that point. Yes, and then they make a reference to I think that was like no, it's actually like the third book, right? When Hagrid had the Griffin, the Griffin, Hippogriff, Hippogriff, Hippogriffin, Hippogriff. Yes. <laughs> So they mention they make a reference to that, but it's yeah, it's a little vague until later on in the like the the chapters here. Mm-hmm. Now the premise is basically at the start of this new school year, Hagrid has been banned from teaching dangerous animals because Hagrid is known for teaching about dangerous animals, and there's been some incidents in previous years, right? And so he can only teach creatures that have been classified XX, harmless and easily domesticated. And X, but that's just flobber worms. <laughs> <laughs> and as this classification, as in the book, um, Fantastic Creatures, Fantastic Beasts, and Where to Find Them. Right, the one that, um, that Rowling put out. Yeah. yeah. And the, the Which author... Which is like a very cute, small little paperback book. Um, yeah. I particularly liked that... Um, there's like notes from Harry in it on some of the pages, <laughs> like on this part with werewolves. It says, "Well, they're not all bad." <laughs> That's cute. Mm-hmm. At the end of each chapter, the author is pitching the actual Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them book, especially since the proceeds went to charity. Mm. Yeah, and so they're like, "Hey, if you enjoyed this, go actually buy the book and support charity." And here's what I didn't mention that is content in that book or whatever mm-hmm. to yeah. learn more about these creatures. Yeah. And so most of the fanfic is, I mean, it's an ongoing story, but it's also kind of episodic creature by creature as, um, as Hagrid is teaching about these various creatures. Teaching, sometimes in quotes. <laughs> <laughs> now, as a teacher yourself, Amato, what do you think of Hagrid's teaching style? I think mostly yeah. he's a bad teacher. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think he's got some good instincts sometimes where it's always about, like, what can you do with this creature, right? Like, what can we... And sometimes it's just like, oh, like, no, it, what we're doing is you're taking care of these creatures, like, as a class. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's, that's really cool. That's hands-on. Mm-hmm. And he definitely has a tendency. He's, he always wants to find the high-interest creatures. <laughs> high interest to Hagrid is high danger, but still, like, high interest is good, right? He wants to find that hook. But by the time we got to... What is it, the creature that um, hears everything in its life that, like, everything oh, yeah. that it hears during its life, it repeats when it dies? And, like, for multiple days, Hagrid is like, uh, uh, just just watch them and see if they're going <laughs> to die anytime soon. <laughs> just, just watch these birds and wait for them to die. 
And yeah. I was like, this is very poor lesson plan. <laughs> so, yeah, I agree. Like, from my perspective as a teacher, which is what I went to grad school for and did for a few years, it's like, he actually has, like, a lot of strong intuition right. about what will be very interesting <laughs> to the class. And he pushes boundaries, which is fantastic. But then he just doesn't think about his lesson plan at all. Right. And I feel like that's a funny thing because it's like when you first start thinking, hey, I'm going to be a teacher. You're like, I'll walk into that classroom and I'll say all this stuff. You don't realize how many friggin' hours <laughs> you will put days, weekends, nonstop into lesson planning. And he just he doesn't do that. He doesn't think it through. And he's just like, let's go for it. It doesn't even he doesn't even know what he's doing the next day. No, just, yeah. What, what yeah. The, and that's a great example. <laughs> Which I did of it. love that running joke. The running the joke was yeah. great, right. Yeah. At the end of multiple, multiple chapters, he's always saying, next lesson's going to be bow truckles. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but he can't actually track down a bow truckle in the yeah. forest. And so every time he's like, it's, it's not bow truckles. We're doing this other creature. I honestly feel like I know teachers like this. Like, people are just, like, so idealistic. Like, we're going to do this. It's going to be great. And then it just never happens. Mm-hmm. Honestly, like, teaching is, like, 89% planning out your lessons and having, like, you're not really even, especially in this system, like, effective in teaching until you've accumulated, like, a decade's worth of lesson plans that you can whip out because you hardly have any time to plan anyway. I guess at Hogwarts, I don't know what their planning time is, but Hogwarts, like, Hagrid definitely doesn't use any of his planning time. Does Dumbledore even check to, like, you know... Reading this fanfic made me think, like, wait, what is the background of these teachers? And so, for example, Mm -hmm. I went and just looked at the biography of McGonagall, Mm -hmm. okay? And McGonagall, like, she went through Hogwarts, she went into the public sector for Mm -hmm. some years... And then she was invited to come teach Transfiguration at Hogwarts. Mm. And I was like, I was looking there. Is there anything resembling <laughs> teaching experience in this resume? There is not. No. That's like, not, like, it's not uncommon, though. Like, being about, like, college professors usually are not hit or miss on their pedagogy, right? Sure. Like, we have to college go College professors, yes. <laughs> yes, but my point is, is that these... Teachers are all kind of like college professors. They're like, we have our specialty, and our teaching skills are meh. I don't know. We could be good. <laughs> like, that's how Hogwarts always seemed to me, like a college. So I can see that. Yeah. You probably have opinions here. Oh, <laughs> Who yeah. do you think the best actual teacher at Hogwarts <laughs> is? Hmm. Uh, um, I mean, if you couldn't tell already, I... Um, Lupin is my absolute favorite. I think you may be like, right. Yeah. Um, just... He's the kind of teacher that I wish I had, you know, Mm. he like, he cares and he believes in you. Like even the student that like everybody expects to fail Neville, like he's the, he pulls Neville up first, like Neville, I'm going to have you go after the Bogart. And I just, I love that. And I love the way he mentors Harry and um, like it, kind of reminds me of like going to therapy and um doing uh cognitive behavioral stuff where you have to um kind of go through traumatic events in your life and repeat them and repeat them and repeat them till they don't have effect on you anymore and that's what it felt like lupin was doing with harry with um teaching him to use the patronus and against the dementors so and yeah i think that's it's just so sad at the end when he gets kicked out because he's a really great teacher. Yeah. yeah. It occurs to me that that one year when 
when Hagrid can't teach, he's replaced by that guest teacher, and all the characters are like, oh man, that teacher's really good, those lessons were really interesting. <laughs> and, you know, there's like that bit with Harry and, and Ron being all like, no, Hagrid's the best. Mm. But, but I mean, even happened. Hermione's like, oh, that was a really good lesson. <laughs> so is it just that the guest teachers are much better than the actual professors at Hogwarts? Mm. Like, I mean, we got the history teacher who's terrible. Mm. <laughs> well... <laughs> I think McGonagall's legit. McGonagall seems fine. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, I gave her flack for her lack of qualifications, but, but she like, actually but seems she fine. But she actually is good, yeah. I also right. think, like, Flitwick and Sprout are pretty good. Yeah, you never hear any complaints about them. Yeah. That's just said They're not exciting, so they're not, you know, on the cover. <laughs> <laughs> Snape plays horrible favorites, but who doesn't at, at Hogwarts? Some people. Some people. Some people, I suppose. Yeah. It's an interesting thing because, like, you know, being from Portland to having... You know, I had to go through, you know, grad school to become a teacher here and, like, learning all this pedagogy and it being very, like, student-centered education. It's interesting to hear this kind of, like, alternative British perspective on teaching, which, like I said, is kind of collegiate. It's kind of like the teachers are more focused on the science than they are the pedagogy. Or, right, the magic, sorry. <laughs> Not the science. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> the magic and the pedagogy. Like, and every teacher has such a different personality, and that totally weighs in on how they teach. And none of them actually no seem to have any... curriculum here. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> but also no, like, actual training to be a teacher. It's just literally, like, we're going to do whatevs. And... It ignores the care component of teaching, too, when you teach to such young kids. Like, they're starting the school at 11, and some of these teachers are dicks. <laughs> yep. Like, oh, yeah. assholes. Oh, yes. Two children, and yet they still let them teach there. And I feel like that's just a very different ideology of teaching than we mm-hmm. have here um, and I don't know if that's because it's British. I, I don't know. What else? <laughs> Now, we may as well step through the fanfic a little bit step by step. Though the first chapter I found the least interesting is the, the creature's mm-hmm. the augury. Well, what does it do again? It's like, um, I don't know. Was, the, that, the, was that the one that screamed? Yeah, their cry yeah. is frightening. Mm-hmm. That's about it. Uh, rain makes them cry, maybe. And people get terrified. I don't know. It was okay. I just in general this fic but in like that very first chapter i kind of was taken aback like man, hermione's a little more reckless than i'm used to <laughs> i should just reach through the cage to grab one of the feathers oh, okay all right that's a oh, good yeah. point and, right hermione she's reading fantastic beasts during the lesson because yeah. that's teaching her, I mean, more her, than hagrid. her calling out and, hagrid and stuff yeah that's <laughs> hermione for sure but but yeah like here in the first chapter she says it says here that the feathers of the augury will repel ink she said brightly let's test it out shall we and she just reaches in and like dip, you know yeah, grabs a feather and dips the feather then, in. Yeah, I was like, whoa, really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Do you think that was maybe just like her confidence in that knowledge? Okay. I think it possibly. Or? I think it might have been Hermione wanting to show off what they know. Mm. That huh. seemed kind okay. of Hermione-ish to me. Fair enough. In like a what they thought was a fun and harmless way. And also, this is the same Hermione that still did all the. You know, Philosopher's Stone stuff in the first year. That's true. Yeah, (laughs) very true. The chapter two is the Clabbert, which I thought was pretty amusing. What is it? It's like a a frog thing in shape. It's got a big pustule. It's from America. (laughs) It's from America. They have to have it shipped in. 
Oh, yeah. It was a like creature, a monkey and a frog, A creature right? that appeared to be part monkey and part frog. Yeah. 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 Massive white lump in the center of its forehead. And the center... The, the center. The pustule glows <laughs> when danger is near. And, and <laughs> Ew. My favorite part of it is just another... Hagrid being a poor teacher. Hermione's like, oh uh, do, you mean, do you mean dangerous as in magically yes. powerful or dangerous as in violent? And he says, I mean dangerous as in dangerous. I loved that line. <laughs> yes. This is so good. It was great. <laughs> he stood directly in front of the clavard and glared at it. Its pustule glowed very brightly indeed. And apparently Hagrid's lesson plan for this is to try to get the pustule to explode. Well, the plan is just to have everyone go up to it to see how dangerous they are, which, uh, again, yeah. high interest. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's very into it. it. The pustule exploding, I think, is a happy accident for him. Yeah. How, do we learn, like, why the pustule exploded? Is that just a matter of time? Because oh, uh, Harry was the most dangerous. Yeah, Harry oh. came close, and Harry was so dangerous. I see. So if it encounters something significantly dangerous, then its pustule explodes. Which Hagrid <laughs> was excited about. Mm-hmm. He was excited about... Did he expect that to happen? No, he didn't. He just... But but he was but he, very, didn't. he immediately gathered up the the stuff and yeah. he was like oh this is really useful for oh, I know. Professor Snape will be happy. Mm-hmm. There was actually like a funny part where it was like he Harry felt something scraping on his face that was like a garden <laughs> trowel. Then he realized it was just like Hagrid's little knife. Because <laughs> Hagrid's pen, so pen knife. his yeah. pen knife, yeah. Because Hagrid's so much bigger. Which I don't feel like they properly convey in the movies, but I like this writing conveys that he is just yeah. that big. He's really big, right? Yeah. I also like that Ron said, okay, next time we're doing something like this, I'm going before Harry. <laughs> well, yeah, that, that, that whole thing is great. Hagrid's talking about how it's useful for alchemy because you make a potion with it and then it stays in your blood until up to seven years until you really need it. That sounds amazing. That's awesome, and yeah. I want it in D&D. Yeah. yeah. That's such a cool effect. And then, um, Ron... Yeah, I wanted to find out how dangerous I am, said Rod Crossley. <laughs> he had been standing behind Harry in the queue. How long will it take for the pustule to grow back? Oh, around seven years, said Hagrid offhand. Yeah. Well, I reckon that's all for today. Next lesson's bow truckles. <laughs> and he said that at the end of the first chapter, too. It's next so, lesson's bow truckles. It's so like, good. It's so good. I love like it's how funny. early some of the lessons end, too. Just with that, like, right. oh, I guess we're all done for today. <laughs> It's sort of the equivalent of just wheeling in the, the TV and putting on West Side Story. <laughs> yeah, except you know how long West Side Story is. Yeah. Yeah, like how no, he has no qualms of, like, the interesting stuff is over, we're done. Yeah. It, it's, it's like his fixation really is the magical creatures and studying them, and that's it. The, well, that's, the other I love strength, that. that's the other strength about Hagrid as a teacher is that he really loves these magical creatures. Mm-hmm. And, like, it comes across it's, when you love really, your subject matter. It's really endearing, like, how he loves, like, even the scariest and nastiest creatures. Like, yeah, he's, like, best friends with the terrifying spiders yeah. in the forest. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. That's adorable. <laughs> it is. Now, the thing that comes after that is an interlude, which was my least favorite part of this. It was pretty dumb. It's pretty dumb, and also the fact that it's not, that it's a repurposed something from from a different fandom, too. Yeah, from the internet. And also a reference to Jeff Foxworthy. (laughs) Which we did not need. Which which is what it originally was in the, yeah, first place. Yeah. So this, the next chapter is The Redneck Wizard, and it's a bunch of, you might be a redneck Jedi if, but they switched the word Jedi with wizard. Yes. That's all the work they put into it. Yeah, they changed a couple other words. <laughs> okay. But <laughs> it's also like, 
what a terrible joke in the first place. Like, well, we can't dissect the whole blue blue collar comedy tour on this podcast. We only have so much time. <laughs> but we can say it's bad, right? Sure. Okay. Thanks. Yeah. Now, th- what I appreciate about this, anyone else, if we want to say anything about you might be a red, redneck wizard in particular? I mean, if somebody wrote something about redneck wizards, I'd read it. That would be interesting. I'm kind of intrigued by that concept. I, I was reviewing the deck of encounters, the AD&D deck of encounters, on, mm-hmm. uh, on the internet because I had too much time on my hands a while ago. And one of the encounters was like this bizarre setup where, like, you wander into a town, there's a bat guano shortage, you need that for fireballs and all that kind of thing. And that's a problem here in this little fantasy town in AD&D land, because they have, like, a fireball shooting competition every, like, oh, annually, like, some kind of <laughs> magic fair. And I was like, is this some kind of, like, redneck wizards fireballing cans <laughs> off of, like, <laughs> off of fences? Like, this sounds amazing, and they don't they don't go into the assumptions here. See, I... That, I would read that. Yeah. How many wizards are there here in this town mm-hmm. that need guano for fireballs? Like, <laughs> oh well. It's creative, like, and I'll give it that. All of these, you might be a redneck wizard if things are actually really creative here too. Well, they're also kind of worked better when they were Jedi. Yeah, but my my main yeah okay, and I don't know how many were barred from the Jedi thing too. Okay, so all of them. All of them. Yes. So what else? <laughs> so I guess we can't really like give that to the author. Anyway, they are creative, but it's frustrating that like Hermione is explaining what a redneck is to Harry, and I feel like even uncomfortable saying that word really like, and she explicitly says that it's an offensive stereotype, mm-hmm. and. It is, because it's an offensive stereotype of, like, poor people mm-hmm. living in rural areas. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, they're... It, I don't know what else to say. It's, like, I get it, because there are poor people living in rural areas who are racist and have, like, shitty politics. And I understand why you would want to be sort of hateful towards that, but it is kind of an offensive stereotype of people living in poverty, and that's not something I gel with really well. I don't know what my 100% opinion is on it is, but it's also like, you might be a redneck if, coming from Jeff Foxworthy, I feel like he was coming from his own experience, and if somebody else is, like, doing something else, and not that I like him or any of his jokes, my point is, like, if somebody else is coming at it from, from that, it's it just feels weird to me, I guess. I think that's fair. Yeah. Now, what I did like about this chapter is that after the interlude, which is the Redneck Wizard part, uh-huh. there's the actual chapter three yes. in this like same part. And I loved chapter three. Mm-hmm. I just kind of want to read the whole thing. <laughs> I just made a note. Yay, Lupin's here. <laughs> oh, no, no. That's not this chapter. Oh, this it's is, not this chapter? This is, okay. cha- this is chapter three. The mm. Deer Call. I think that's how you say it. D-I-R-I-C-A-W-L. Next care of magical creatures lesson, Hagrid led the class to the small vegetable patch behind his house. Yeah, that wasn't in our version. Yes, it was. Yeah, it is. It's after the interlude. It's after the interlude of the redneck wizard. Hagrid led the class to the small vegetable patch behind his house. A peculiar-looking bird was pecking contentedly amongst the cauliflowers and leeks. It resembled a fat gray chicken with a long curving neck and a great golden hook of a beak. Now this is a deer call, said Hagrid. What you need to remember about Diracalls is that they'll disappear at the first sign oh, of danger. Yeah. Harry steps forward to take a closer look. With a soft, feathery pop, the Diracall vanished. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, like that. 
said Hagrid. <laughs> he, he gazed at the empty space where the Durak Hall had been, then said brightly, Next lesson is bow truckles. Bet it's not, muttered Ron. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that was great. That's the whole actual chapter three. It's amazing. Yes, it's not very long. Everything else was the interlude. I gotta say, this whole thing is really funny. Uh, like, there are a couple points I wanted to read earlier on that were really funny. Yes. It's a really funny fanfic. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, f- it feels very true to, like, a lot of the humor that is in Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Especially a lot of Ron's one-liners. So I'm like, oh, that, that is something Ron would say. Yeah. Now, chapter four of this fanfic is when we get our Lupin in. So do you want to take the lead on that, Emily? <laughs> so this one is called the... I uh, don't know if I'll pronounce it right. Chizperfles? Perfect. M- Mr. Chizperfles? <laughs> I-, I have Angie Chizperfles. Mm. Is that how you say it? It's Chizperfle. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Um, yeah, basically, um, sounds like these um, kind of, I don't know, little insects, I guess. Or they were described as like little crabs, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and um, Hagrid brings them in for a lesson, and it causes an infestation, um, specifically during potions class. Um, they feed on magical substances. Yes. It says most notably the blood of other magical creatures, mm-hmm. but apparently it's a really big problem to get them in a potions lab. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and to uh, fix the infestation, they call on... Professor Remus Lupin, who now um, is a private exterminator, <laughs> which is awesome. Which is apparently happening in a different fanfic concurrently. Yeah, which I might need to read now. I, I mean, that's a good premise. Yes. I watched that show, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm kind of, I don't know, what can we compare that to? Um, like those ghost hunting shows? Yeah. <laughs> Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, but with Lupin and magical creatures. Don't make me imagine that I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> this is Lupin as played by... No, okay. We, 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 won't do it. we won't do it. Right, so they call in Lupin. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what what were the circumstances of Lupin needing to leave the school? I forget. Oh, they found out he was a werewolf. Right, and there yeah. is a law against him being a Mostly teacher? a stigma. A stigma. Yeah, all the like, parents were going to pull the kids out. The parents, yeah. okay. So having him just in to, like, get rid of some magical creatures mm-hmm. is not the same kind of controversy, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, um, from what I remember reading, like, they... There's just a stigma against werewolves in the wizarding world until, like, after um, the Second Wizarding War. Second wizarding war. Um, and because of l- the fighting Lupin did, um, it kind of helped to lift the stigma against werewolves. And well, he's one of the good ones. Yeah. <laughs> he's, you know, a, a credit to his race. And uh, even in this chapter, the, you have all the students that don't know Lupin still afraid of Lupin. Yes. Well, yeah, it, it's, mm. it's a fun dynamic where, like, the older students are telling horror stories about Lupin. Like, <laughs> our example is Fred and George telling yes, someone. Yes, because they would. I was say, yeah. mostly Fred and George. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Our example, at least, is Fred and George telling some younger kids who weren't there when Lupin was a teacher. Obvious, really, why the Ministry never caught Sirius Black. That night he was loose in the grounds, Professor Lupin ate him right up. <laughs> 
And that's funny, but it's also very true that, like, Harry notices that Lupin is visibly hurt by the fact that, mm-hmm. like, the younger kids are terrified of him because of these joke stories. Yeah, that's right. yeah. 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 Like, that's totally true, it feels like. Yeah. Fred and George are assholes. <laughs> <laughs> It's not just Fred and George, but Fred and George are assholes, yes. <laughs> uh, back when we were reading um, The Very Secret Diary, and, you know, one of the things is Janine complaining about, like, her brothers being total jerks to her, and it's like, yep, your brothers are pretty jerky to you a yeah. lot. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they are. Yeah. All except, like, Percy, I think, in that, yeah. in that fanfic. Yeah, in that fanfic in particular, Percy was, like, trying to be a good brother. Yeah. Um... Anyway, Lupin and such. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Um, yeah, they. Yeah, the younger kids are terrified of him, and then let's see. Well, I mean, there's there's comedic yeah. incidents mm-hmm. like happen. Like mm-hmm. he's he has some sort of horrible concoction to help get rid of these little creatures. Yes, and yes, yes. Crab drinks some of it mm-hmm. for some reason. Mm-hmm. Eat some treacle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, whatever treacle is. And apparently it just looks like some fucking weird slime that's really disgusting. And he's like, I didn't think they'd want to eat it. It feels like, like sap or something like that. Yeah. Is that right? Thick, viscous. But isn't it fluid. something it that you can make to eat that gets referenced in, like, Wonderland? Alice in Wonderland? You make oh, treats and stuff yeah. out of treacle. Oh, you yeah. make stuff out of it. Okay. Okay. Kind yeah. of like maple syrup sort of thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But yeah, like, um, Harry, Ron... Hermione, I think they look on the Marauder's map to find Lupin to go cheer him up, and then they find him near the um, Slytherin common room. Snape and Lupin kind of have a little exchange mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. about Lupin being irresponsible because Crab ate a bunch of this dangerous <laughs> stuff versus, like, uh, no one would actually drink that, and it's your job to teach him not to drink magical random <laughs> substances that you have around. Like, seriously, it totally is, like... Yeah, the, you should teach your kids not to eat random stuff they find on the floor. <laughs> I mean, it's not really, like, Snape's fault, per se, but it is, like, come on, nobody would really, like, go into a, like, where did he even go to get it? Like, like, like Lupin's a, office. Or Lupin's where, office, and yeah. he was like, that looks delicious. Like, <laughs> nah, dude, you go to magic school. Like... <laughs> Nothing is delicious. I mean, even Specify. If you, even if you don't, you don't go into like a janitor's closet and just eat whatever you find lying around. It's just like, hmm, that says bleach. Looks <laughs> yummy. Anti-rat tablet. Well, I'm not a rat, so I should be okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so for the rest of the fanfic, Lupin's kind of around. Mm-hmm. Which is nice. Yeah. <laughs> I really loved this line from Ron at the end. Um, not S- Snape's fault. These two idiots go around eating everything they see. He's a potions master, not a troll trainer. <laughs> it's true. They're so hard on those two. I mean, those two are obviously like bad kids. They're but, like straw man bullies. Like I know it, it's such a hard thing, like Crab and Goyle, because nobody should be mad at them for like eating random stuff that they find. Like that. I mean, they should question it and wonder why it's (laughs) happening. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's not an evil thing to do. It's just like, wow, that's a weird, like, somebody needs to figure out what's going on with these guys. And obviously (laughs) they're bullies in other ways, but everybody makes fun of them for eating whatever they see. And I feel like that's, I don't know, kind of problematic, I guess. It sounds like nobody watched them when they were kids. 
Yeah. <laughs> no, I and told them that you weren't supposed to do that. Where they just have, like... Well, that or background of food insecurity. Correct. So that's the kind yes. of thing where teachers just, like, have a bunch of granola bars for those kids, and they're like, hey, have a granola bar. Like... Mm. <laughs> That's exactly hungry, what yeah. I was thinking. Like an eating disorder or like pica or something right. that makes oh, them yeah. just want to eat yeah. whatever. Because it's obviously it's obviously an issue stemming from insecurities in some sort. Yeah, so. I, I had a niece that ate chunks of the wall because of mm-hmm. pica. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not uncommon. It's, it's that's actually tr- pretty common. That's true. I feel like if the issue is not caused by some sort of magic, the wizarding world doesn't want to hear about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Also, Amanda, when are we going to get our Crab and Goyle fanfic? The one that really fleshes them out as characters. <laughs> it's got to be out there. Oh, <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah. It's And it's almost certainly Crab Goyle slash, because, like, I mean, mm-hmm. that's but just sitting there. Can we just, like, for one instant, make them <laughs> distinct from one another? I think that would be, I don't know. That'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> they, they're not the same person. Aren't they? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I guess they kind of are. They're kind of like the Hitchcock and Scully and Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Mm-hmm. Sorry, maybe I'm the only one who watches that. <laughs> you <laughs> might be. What fanfic yeah, is that from? <laughs> That's the only media we've consumed for most of a year. Um, yeah, they, they could be a lot more like Fujin and Raijin from Final Fantasy VIII, right? Mm-hmm. Where they're like right-hand goons, but they're they're completely distinct mannerisms. That would probably be better. Or what are those two guys that die in every Final Fantasy? That's Biggs and Wedge, but they're interchangeable. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, anyway, chapter five, this is out of seven. This fanfic's so short that we can actually go chapter by chapter, which we don't always have the luxury of doing, but, like, we totally can here. Chapter five is called The Bow Truckle. Actually Bow Truckle. Actually <laughs> Bow Truckle. But before we get to The Bow Truckle, there's a few, like, little brief asides, and that includes the part I was talking about where it's like, oh, yeah, you have to wait for these things to die naturally, so keep an eye out for signs that they're going to die. Jobber knows. Jobber knolls. They're they're a protected species, so you can't kill them. <laughs> Which makes sense that they would be hunted to extinction, considering they, their one trick is their death trick. Right, like you plant one for a while because they're silent; they don't make any noise. Yeah, and like use them as a a like party bug, trick. you know, a listening device, and then you have to murder them. That's something the British arist- aristocracy would do. <laughs> yeah, that checks out. <laughs> Uh, by the time we get to Bow Truckles, I don't really understand why Hagrid's so excited about them. They don't seem that great. It's like they're little gremlins that live in a tree. Is that pretty much it? I think they're actually more dangerous than than 2X. Oh, so, well, oh, this is this the one where they keep saying, like, oh, yeah, right, right. Everyone's like, Bow Truckles are only XX. <laughs> <laughs> and... Mm-hmm. And Hermione keeps pointing out, pointing to all of the like various editions dating back fifty years of Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. It's like, mm-hmm. yep, it's XX. That's the official designation, right? So, okay, so no wonder Hagrid's way into them. It's the most dangerous thing he could teach about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that kind of reminds me of like with dogs, like you know, so many um, places will label like pit bulls as dangerous, and say, well, they're really not. And then there will be, like, little dogs that will hurt you. Yes. <laughs> and they're, like, considered not dangerous, and most apartments allow them, so. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's all breed stereotyping, which is mm-hmm. really sad. Um, my apartment complex told me I couldn't adopt a pit bull, so I deliberately didn't. My dog is an Akita and Shepherd mix. After I adopted her, 
I realized that Akita and German Shepherds are both also restricted breeds. <laughs> but they never asked me again what breed she was, so it's fine. That's good. Also, she might be part pit. <laughs> Does she have any fantastic abilities? Yes. She can destroy a toy in, like, 0.2 seconds. <laughs> um, she can unhook her own harness. And here's her most famous special ability... She can get, like, if her leash is hooked around her body when we're walking, I'll say, fix your leash, and she'll just, like, step over it until it's perfect again. <laughs> that That's is amazing. Awesome. That's pretty yeah. good. She's brilliant. On a rating scale of 1 to 5 X's, how dangerous is she? Hmm. Maybe 4. <laughs> Same as a troll. Depends. It really depends <laughs> who you are. She's harmless, but if you're a threat, she's quite dangerous. I think that's like how Hagrid looks at all the creatures in the <laughs> wizarding world. So like, well, as long as you're not bothering them. Yeah, <laughs> exactly that. <laughs> like, if you were Red's enemy, she would destroy you. But no, no one's her enemy. She loves <laughs> all her friends. <laughs> I like you said destroy. Like, it'd be like, destroy my social life or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, she would dox you, for sure, <laughs> if you were her enemy. <laughs> I, I guess I do keep finding these teaching strengths of Hagrid's because, yeah, for his, for introducing the bow truckle, he's like, oh, yeah, like, this is what not to do. It's like, they get really aggressive if they think their tree's threatened. So he's like, he's threatening their tree, and it jumps at him and just sinks its teeth into Hagrid. Um, and then I guess the other thing about this chapter is that it's the author's turn to pick on Goyle. Crab got picked on in the previous mm. chapter. Wait, which one's which? <laughs> <laughs> Well, Crab wears the red cap, mm -hmm. and Goyle wears the blue cap, mm -hmm. and Doik wears the green cap. What was I on? What? I, I just made up a third one. I don't know. <laughs> Doik? <laughs> For it to be Huey, Dewey, and Louie style. Ah, uh, I see. Nice. Have you heard of Fooey? No. Huey, What's... Dewey, Louie, and Fooey? Fooey's the name for the fourth brother. Oh, because there's like, they accidentally drew an extra yeah. lace. So, so, in sometimes, the sometimes the author, sometimes the artist will lose track and it'll just be like an extra lace sticking out of the crowd scene. Oh, yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> it's the other brother, just, they just don't talk about Yeah, that's Fooey. <laughs> I, I would love, um, I've been watching the, the new DuckTales, uh -huh. and that's pretty mm. fun. I would love their. For, for them to be like a phantom fooey episode. <laughs> it's pretty good so far. It's so yeah. good. I'm told their Darkwing Duck homage episode was really fun. Just yeah. Now. I haven't seen that yet. Oh my god, I was obsessed with Darkwing Duck when I was a kid. Well, because that launch pad in the series has the same birth date as the original uh, DuckTales TV show. Okay. So sometime oh. in 87. Hmm. So a uh, uh, launch pad grew up watching Darkwing Duck. Right. <laughs> oh my god, just like me. Yeah, and loves it and has every episode on VHS. <laughs> That's adorable. <laughs> I, I personally really like how they um, changed the character of Webby yeah. and gave her a lot of agency. To get their own like, character. <laughs> yes, yes. Gotta do something. And now she's, like, cute and nerdy and... And her aesthetic is sick as fuck. Yes. Yes. Like, yes. Oh my God. I also really like that voice actor, um, Kate Mucucci. <gasps> yes, yeah. yes. Who was um, Sadie in uh, Steven Universe? Also. Yes. Oh, great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's in a lot of uh, PBS Kids shows, too. And like every other yeah. cartoon now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, what were we talking about? I mean, we can finish up talking about the content of the fanfic. It's so short. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. chap chapter six, they open by saying, like, oh, they learned about ghouls. And I like that they bring in 
the talked about ghoul who lives in the yeah. attic of the Weasley house. <laughs> the, the ghoul is very shy. <laughs> Hagrid got yeah. Mrs. Weasley to bring the one from the burrow to show the students, but this proved to be rather a disappointment. The ghoul was highly distressed at being removed from his attic and clung to Mrs. Weasley's robe, sobbing the whole time. Oh. I know, it's so sad. <laughs> Although the word ghoul doesn't really conjure good images. Well, he's, he's corpses probably, right? If that's a you know, Lovecraftian kind of ghoul thing. Uh, yeah, right. Ghouls are, are like ghosts essentially, but Maybe. more zombie-like. I forgot what, what Harry Potter ghouls were. were they I just have no like idea. Creature I don't think you could find out. Yeah. I don't know. We'll never know. Harry Potter wiki. <laughs> <laughs> if it's a Lovecraftian ghoul, they meep and it's very cute. That's the noise they make. Meeping ghouls. <laughs> Aww. Meep, meep. Aww. Like the Roadrunner? <laughs> I guess. Yeah, the cutest. Adorable. When you see them in dream in the dreamlands in the dream because of Kadoth, it's like, oh, these ghouls that live on deep underground. It's so adorable and they're so friendly. <laughs> did, did they also meep on underground? They probably meep underground, yes. Okay. If a ghoul meeps underground. <laughs> uh, it's a magical creature that re- resembles a a slimy bucktooth ogre. Okay. So I guess they're harmless and domesticated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, dim-witted, live-off bugs, and other household pets. Well, oh, they're like spiders, but less gross. <laughs> More gross? Also gross. Oh, okay. Would <laughs> you rather have spiders crawling around the walls... Or tiny, slimy ogres crawling around the walls eating your bugs? Definitely tiny, slimy ogres. <laughs> well, you have a phobia of spiders, so that's a gimme for you. Uh, that's like, one for a video game, apparently. That's aw, pretty cute. Aw, okay. Guy. Way cuter than the spider. <laughs> well, how bad are the spiders? I, I think I'd be more like, distressed I, by yeah. the ghouls if they were the size of a spider, if they were, like, the humanoid <laughs> shape, but, like, oh my that God. big. <laughs> Can we just turn all the spiders into ghouls? I'm down with that. Yeah. Tiny humanoid thing sounds terrifying. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would actually rather they be like the size of a dog or something, where it's like, oh, the ghoul's over no. there. No, yeah. what? You would rather a ghoul be the size of a dog than the size of, like, your thumbnail? Then it'd be a tiny humanoid? Like, I'm not even thinking the size of my thumbnail. I think, like, a normal spider's like half that, you know? Like, just like a okay. human that big on the walls? <laughs> I, but I you'd be totally it, okay with it if it was like a dog-sized humanoid. As a household pet, I find that less distressing, yes. I think oh at least like God. Christmas elf-sized. Right, yeah. okay, Christmas elf, elf on the shelf size. The ghoul in the... Uh, on the stool. Ghoul on the stool. Ghoul on the stool. <laughs> <laughs> it's a new Christmas tradition. <laughs> I would say new Halloween tradition, but no, let's just make it Christmas. <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah. Of course you can make it Christmas, Amato, because you're Jewish. <laughs> you know what? Can we market the ghoul on the stool and make a lot of money right now for uh, Halloween? Uh, yeah, yeah, okay, I'll make a lot of money. That's not good. <laughs> <laughs> if that's an option. Hmm. I feel like we can tap into the dumb derivative novelty market. I- I'd want to tell you this wouldn't work, but I don't trust... You know, capitalism in America enough to say I feel that like <laughs> For some reason, I feel like that already exists. Like, it just sounds so familiar. Well, the the branding specifically doesn't exist. Like, so I'll walk it in my pocket. Like, it's, it's That's just, in your pocket, Tori. Yeah. <laughs> no, but do you remember there's the Neller and the Geller and the Beller and the, the Zeller and the Seller? Mm-hmm. 
there's so many more. I feel like the ghoul on the stool, it's already the, it's already in the book. I, I think we'd have to fight off lawsuits from the elf on the shelf people, but mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't uh, know if it's parody though, then Hmm. It's parody because the elf on the shelf is serious business. Yeah. Whereas clearly the ghoul on the stool is going to be it's a, a comic. Elf he's he's just a chill shelf. dude. Like <laughs> He's gonna hang out with you. Maybe he talks about dietary health or something. And he and he doesn't snitch on Santa for you. So. <laughs> Some of the elf on the shelf does. Yeah. 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 He watches. He, and he goes and reports to Santa every that, night. I didn't think that was necessary in the Santa operation. I thought Santa it, just like had that information accessible. Well, no, well no. you know, extra oversight's always good. <laughs> That's how he sees you. Okay. He has many minions. It's been established. That's so, like, terrifying for kids, right? The, yeah. A lot tell, of kids well, get terrified of it, yeah. Because like, they, they do the whole like play where the parents tell them this is an actual thing and they move it from the room when they're sleeping. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Well, and, like, I know some parents like set up rules, too, where, like, oh, you can't touch him, otherwise, like, um, the magic won't work, <laughs> or I don't know. It's fucking <laughs> weird. Yeah. Like, I, I've encountered a lot of different stuff with this, like... Parents being like, I want my kids to believe, and then going way over the top. <laughs> Maybe this is just a little bit too much gaslighting for kids. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, yeah. So like, it's one thing if your kids are like, I believe in Santa Claus, and you're like, okay, hon. It's another thing if you're like, yes, Santa is watching you with his many eyes. <laughs> Santa's rated four X's. <laughs> It's covered with eye stalks and claws. Yeah, Santa watches you and then disappears in the angled space. <laughs> well, now I think we need a Santa defense against the dark arts class. We need defense dead. against Santa class. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so the point is in uh, this next chapter... Like, because of some various things, Hagrid gets... There's an official complaint made to the Ministry of Magic, probably by the Malfoys, who are jerks, about magical creatures showing up, or, like, that are XXX or higher, including glumbumbles, winged horses, and bow truckles, and they send a group to investigate. And meanwhile, um, Hagrid has ordered a bunch of fairies, which he thinks are super boring, but at least they're harmless and he can teach them. But they've been replaced with other things. Someone just sent him a box of doxies. And that yes. someone is clearly Lucius Malfoy, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. And Hagrid's yeah. just seeing this went, oh, cool, a bunch of cool magical creatures. Right. Let's keep this in the, in the house where uh, the officials can see it. Hagrid seems so silly in this. Like, <laughs> I wish he had a little more, like, presence of mind and agency. I'm not going to lie. But he's just like, oh, I'm going to open it up. Oh, it's Doxies. I don't know what to do. And luckily, Hermione is there. He thought they were fairies, even. He was Mm. like, oh, these are cute. Oh, that's true, yeah. Yeah. And then Hermione was the one who was like, no, Hagrid? That actually rung the weirdest to me because he's supposed to be the teacher and he didn't know what they were. And I feel like maybe that's true of the source. Like, I didn't read all the Harry Potter books, but it Mm. kind of feels like Hagrid to me. But it also feels like, a little uncomfortable. Like, if he's the teacher of this subject, shouldn't he know what a fairy is and isn't? Like, I, I, I would still expect him to, yeah. Well, yeah. I think Hagrid just likes dangerous beasts so much that fairies doesn't even show up on their radar. <laughs> right. So if you show him something and say, that's a fairy, he goes, yeah, okay. He just doesn't care. <laughs> right. Yeah, but, okay, yeah. these are dangerous. These are cooler than I thought they were. Doxies <laughs> are, also, are supposed to be dangerous. So if he's interested in dangerous things, wouldn't he be able to distinguish that it's a doxy, correct? Quit your no? logic at my... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> didn't mean to <laughs> just came out 
There are only three X's. Mm-hmm. Not Hagrid's favorites. Mm-hmm. But still not what Hagrid's supposed to be teaching. Right. Yeah. And so Hermione, who is the one who solves problems, is the one who comes <laughs> up with, like, a... Like, immediately comes up with a uh, plan here. She should be a lawyer. Like, yeah. she was ready to... Yeah. Every... All... Everything she needed. Mm-hmm. Because the ministry inspectors are, like, on their way to the door right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. And so she's like, okay, magic, 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 to make them look more like fairies. Not exactly like fairies, but close enough. She, like, shaves them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then... Like, as the inspectors are getting close, they, like, carry out the cage and accidentally drop it, and they all get free, and they're like, oh, no, there go the fairies. Oh, no. And mm. Mr. Malfoy tries to um, ask you some doxies, and somebody's in the back just counterspelling the entire time. Right. Hermione's <laughs> yeah. just expecting him to do mm-hmm. that, and she's whispering the counterspell over yeah. and over. And like, they go, see? They're not doxies. They're not coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, you know. It's dramatic. If you like people who are competent, then Hermione is a good character for you. And they try to yes. uh, put all these claims against um, Hagrid that he's been doing illegal stuff, like teaching glum bumbles. And then they said, like, you know, Hermione said he's never taught glum bubbles. Uh, one of them, crap, crap, just went in and stole some treacle and ate it. <laughs> and, right. And everybody else is like, that's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but she's also like, here's the documentation with the affidavits from multiple yeah, teachers signed. Yeah. yeah. And from, from Lupin and Snape. Yeah, she basically yeah. just plays lawyer and totally wins the case. Mm-hmm. And also doctor's evidence. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Concerning well, the, the doxies. Because yeah. Hagrid wasn't prepared except, at all. So you're, you're right, lawyer all over it. Yes. Yeah. Except yes. that Hagrid admits that like he wanted to find fairies, he couldn't find fairies, and then they just showed up, which was Lucius Malfoy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, she Hermione doesn't admit that, that all that happened, but nonetheless, she gets him off. Because Hagrid never ordered doxies, you know. And for the bow truckle attack, she's like, no, these things are rated XX, and... Here's a copy of Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, and here's mm-hmm. earlier editions from 169, 35, yeah. and 27. And I like how everyone's comment is like, <laughs> Really? They're oh. going to have to reclassify those things. Yeah. <laughs> Only 2X? Okay. Right. Yeah, no, because they all came in expecting, like, I think that that was their main piece of evidence. It was like, You shouldn't be teaching bow truckles. They're super dangerous. And they came in, they were like, You're teaching bow truckles. And they were like, Actually, they're totally harmless. And they were like, uh, what? No, uh, what? Like, well, that is the official designation. Yeah, uh, yeah and they were like, our mistake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, according to Ministry of Magic classification, they're right. harmless. Yeah. Correct, yeah. And it's funny because it seems like that was their main premise there. And then Malfoy does something super salty by seeding the entire lawn with oh, pork yeah. lumps. Oh, yes. Which is an invasive species i don't know yeah i guess so they're like an an animal that mimics a fungus that takes over your lawn actually they they did a good job in this fanfic the author did of in the first like paragraph the first like three lines of the first chapter they mentioned horclumps as being like the worst thing you can possibly (laughs) get they're like we're gonna teach horclumps hagrid Oh, and yeah, and he like, says, there'll be no horseclumps no, coming through the Hogwarts never. gates as long as I'm keeper oh, of keys yeah. and grounds. Yes. I, I never noticed that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I noticed it when I was looking back through the chapter. But um, then, yes, Hermione obviously notices, or maybe Harry, because they're the noticing people, notice, like, white powder streaming <laughs> 
they actually phrase it in a really funny way. They're like, Lucius was so upset he was steaming. And then they're like, oh no, this steam is actually a white powder falling from his robes. And he's just seeding the lawn with this plant slash animal slash fungus. That is super impossible to get rid of. Ron Ron notices this stuff too sometimes. Maybe it was Ron. I don't know. (laughs) By the way, in regards to Hermione being a great um, lawyer slash bureaucrat, what canonically does she do as a profession as an adult? Um, okay, I feel like I need to double check it, but if I remember correctly, she um, she works for the ministry. Okay. Um, I think she becomes like head of like magical law enforcement. Okay, career um, bureaucrat. I'm fine with that. That's one yeah. of those things in the last chapter. Long. I kind of just blocked the entire last chapter out of my mind. <laughs> Wait, so she's like the chief of police? She's going to be the one sitting behind the desk saying, like, you're a loose cannon. Wow. <laughs> you're a loose cannon. That's horrible. <laughs> another, another screw up and you're off the force. God, I would have hoped that she would have become a good person. She <laughs> seemed like a good... Anyway, whatever. It's like, yeah, like... Um, she and Harry end up working for the ministry after the war, and I that's so not something I could picture. No. Like, because the books, to me, always have a theme of, like, um, stick it to the man, and, like, you shouldn't follow rules that are unjust. Yeah, use your own judgment. Yes. yes. So it just seems odd to me that they'd go and work for the ministry, though, yeah. So it says on the it's pretty messed up. It says on the wiki she found employment in the Ministry of Magic, furthering the cause for the better treatment of house elves. Okay, well that's oh, well. Uh, afterwards, promoted to Department of Magical Law Enforcement. Yeah, that's what they say. I think. Okay, so I suppose there's an idealism there that things in the Ministry are improving. Perhaps by the year, by the year 2019, but... Hermione had become Minister for Magic. Okay. Oh, okay. She just takes over the whole thing. Takes over the system rather Mm -hmm. than changing the system. Whatever. Maybe she got jaded. (laughs) (laughs) Then there will be the revolution. The house elves will be on top. That's what I would hope, personally. (laughs) I feel like, yeah, house elves just make me so uncomfortable. But I think the only way I can really figure it out in my mind is like maybe they were once golden retrievers and then they were all turned into elves and that's why they're just so eager to help everybody but they're not eager to help everybody (laughs) they're actually slaves I feel like that's actually I mean like I understand Uh like I get it wanting to make that justification it's just like nah that's not actually how it is even a golden retriever wants to have its freedom it's true yeah these these folks and this is why fanfic has been so great that you can change the things that are problematic about it totally yeah mm-hmm. so chapter 7 starts with this Horklumpf invasion right of, and of the castle grounds class for a while <laughs> involves weeding these things and apparently you can never really get rid of all of them but like he enlists all of his students to be helping weed them to get it down to a manageable level that he can then, like, kind of maintain on his own. Yeah, since they've already done bow truckles, this was their uh, their class for the week. <laughs> <laughs> I like that they actually got to bow truckles and didn't have that be, like, the very last chapter yeah. or, or you know, a thing that, like, never actually happened. No, it just causes a big, like, conflict. <laughs> right, so the after the that thing of weeding horklumps and stuff, eventually... 
they've been trying to get a more interesting creature in, and Hermione has been pestering the ministry seeking permission to obtain specimens of magical fish called remoras. And, like, I get it, but that's not your job, Hermione. Like, <laughs> it's really not your job? I mean, that's the action of a fu- future Ministry of Magic. I guess so. Yeah. She's like, oh, yeah, I was planning the curriculum for my, you know, my Fantastic Beasts class, whatever, Magical Creatures. Care of Magical Creatures, yeah. When I was in fifth year. Quick break, I, I gotta pee. Sure. Yeah, I was gonna open this. What early, what Harry Potter fanfics did you read in these, like, first few years of your fandom, 2003, 2005 or so? Anything memorable? Uh, trying to think. Nothing that memorable. <laughs> um, yeah, just lots of weird romance stuff. Did you read Draco Dormian's? I don't think I did. It's one of the <laughs> famous ones. All right. That's the other one we did besides the very secret diary. Yeah, like... For me, it was mostly writing it. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, a friend I mentioned that got me into it, um, we had another friend, we wrote a whole series of fanfic where we just Mary Sued ourselves into the (laughs) series, because that's what you do. Um, What house was your Mary Sue in? Gryffindor, which, um, yeah... Just that way we could interact with the main characters. Right, that's totally, Mm -hmm. that makes total sense. Yes. And I feel like it wasn't until later that people were like, liking Slytherin just to be contrary. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh my god. Like, I mean, I kept waiting for more, more Slytherin work in the books and it just never really happened. There should have been something. It feels like it should have been like something, because there's always the implication like Snape has positive qualities, like that there are positive qualities of the Slytherins. And I, I liked what's his name, the Dark Arts teacher in book six. Yeah. Where it's yeah. like it's not that Slug he's uh, yeah. he's evil, but he plays favorites and he's really interested in like fame and fame association. Yeah. And, like right. he has his moments of kind of being a good guy, like kind you know, it's not he's... I mean in comparison. But their motivation yeah. was just collecting people they know. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And collecting favors. Yeah, yeah. And like that, making them feel big and important, and like that was that was a much better than just like, well, they are a Ku Klux Klan member. Um, <laughs> yeah, they are a treacherous Ku Klux Klan member. Right, they're they, they are evil and hateful. Let, um, <laughs> which is the, like, I'm sorry, go on. No, no, just like that's normally what you get from from Slytherin. Yeah. So I, I was happy with that. I was like, well, surely there will be some kind of like big Slytherin work in book seven, and there wasn't. No. Mm. Yeah, they should have had Slytherins fighting alongside everybody else for the battle. At least, at least, because that would have taken less effort than the opposite of saying like all the Slytherins left. Yeah, instead they put more effort into excluding Slytherins. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's kind of weird because like you're gonna get this Gryffindor Slytherin opposition, and that plays out for a while. Like especially when they're young, you you kind of get it because it's more petty when they're young. Yeah. It becomes like actual real world politics and the difference between. Being like, as we phrased it before, like a wizard racist or not. <laughs> so you'd think some of these kids would develop differences of opinion. But instead, no, it's the Gryffindor Slytherin conflict still being played out. Despite the fact that they're 11 versus like 18. Sure. And like, then Hufflepuffs and Ravenclaws are what? They're there also. <laughs> they're there? Yeah. Like, where, why, how? They, they fill in with the rest. <laughs> they fill in, and they just kind of fall in line with the Gryffindors. Like, none of... You don't even get that that idea of, like, 
the idea like Slytherins are all evil, okay, whatever. But you don't get a, an idea that any of the other like marginal houses even fall in with them. They're just sort of like weirdly supporting of Gryffindor as this leadership house. You know, I've been it's following weird. Brexit for the past few months, and this might be a reflection of British politics, actually. Because <laughs> you have the main party and the opposition party. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then you have all the minor parties that just kind of have to fall, fall in line with the uh, main party in order to get anything done. I suppose, yeah. <laughs> I might be reading uh, reading way too much into this. But. I don't think you <laughs> no. are, like because there is <laughs> there is that like. Oh. <laughs> I know yeah. Slytherin's weird. Also, Tori, you said you know Ravenclaw and Hufflepuff are just kind of there. I, I Raven, said that, yeah. oh, you know, you said that, Dom. Yeah. Ravenclaw's a lot more there than Hufflepuff is. Yeah. I mean, yeah. There's Cedric. Um, um, full yeah. stop. There's there's yeah. n- there's Newt. <laughs> there's there's Newt. Okay, so. what is Cedric a Hufflepuff? Yeah, yeah. was mm-hmm. see <laughs> was. <Good point. laughs> my, my, my main my main point Too here soon, is that. <laughs> <laughs> That was the point in the books. It's like, been like 15 years. We're like, like, <laughs> um, where like Cedric was the Hufflepuff's only point of pride. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> My main point is that people have pointed out to me what house Cedric was in like multiple times and it never ever sticks. Like I think Hufflepuff is the best house as far as qualities go. Mm. Like they're just like kind, caring, good. Like that's Are how they? is that actually in canon? Do we actually learn no, that? No, it's not, but it's supposed to be. But that's my main point, is like we have no Hufflepuff and the fandom again and we even is can, like, like forget. This is where the fandom again is expanded way better on the houses than Rolling mm-hmm. had. Um, oh. I just remembered the Harry Potter fanfic I wanted to write, except, like, all fanfics I didn't actually have the commitment to write a fanfic. This is going to have to go in the pod of, like, when I have the money to sponsor a fanfic contest like that role-playing game one, it's just like, here's my list of prompts. It was going to be a mystery series with, like, a young Hufflepuff teaming up with a painting of a famous detective um, to solve mysteries in Hogwarts. Oh, I love it. I read this. Yes. yes. Should I have take my money? Yeah, that's great. <laughs> I remember I was, like, excited about that for a hot second and, like, planning out some things, I mean, at some point in my life. <laughs> yeah. But I, I do love the way the um, Hufflepuff uh, common room is described. It's basically like a hobbit hole. <laughs> like, yeah, this is my house. Yeah. I, I was picturing a lot of beanbag chairs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And also the way you get into the, the Hufflepuff common room is just knowing the rhythm and the right barrel. So like if someone if a Hufflepuff trusts you and that they can tell you, then you can totally get in too. And they don't really ever change it yeah. either. Mm-hmm. It's so, just... so it's about loyalty and trust. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As opposed to like Ravenclaw where you have to prove you're smarter than everybody else in order to get Constantly. inside Which to is your terrible. bed. <laughs> like why have we not gotten down on Ravenclaw more often? Is that what Ravenclaw does for their Thing you have to like solve a they have a yes. riddle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Hermione can just go into the Ravenclaw common room anytime. <laughs> yeah, like um, at all times. <laughs> it's implied. Yeah. I yeah, I was watching a video essay about um Ravenclaws, and they were saying that like the reason Hermione is not a Ravenclaw is because like Ravenclaws are a lot more like open minded and. Hmm. kind of open to different ideas, mm-hmm. um, whereas Hermione... They are. 
<laughs> that's yeah at least they're this... supposed to be like intellectuals <laughs> yeah like... they are yeah um Which... but kind of i know that's but not like um too yeah. but like trelawney is a ravenclaw uh-huh um we're like a little more out there and a little more like but then yeah you have hermione who just straight up leaves her class and it's like this yeah. is bullshit and Hermione definitely seems like an intellectual. Yes. Which seems like, to me, how Ravenclaws are described is like Ivory Tower academics. Yeah, that's what I thought too. But apparently not. If they're supposed to be more like having philosophical discussions or talking about theory of mind or like cosmological big issues or something, like that did not come across in the books. Yeah. Well, because that that would be like what I would be interested in. But that's that's not intellectualism. That's like the opposite. Right, because like not adhering. Luna was a Ravenclaw, right? Yes. And Luna was not an intellectual. She was? Yeah, she was. Mm -hmm. It was more of a fringe theorist. But I thought she was supposed to be presented as kind of like a, you know, odd specimen of a Ravenclaw. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's just presented as an odd specimen of a person. Mm. Like, not necessarily of her house. So, I guess I can see that. I didn't realize she was a Ravenclaw. I'm not very versed in Harry Potter. I'm not going to lie. That's why I'm here. <laughs> yes, thank you. You've enlightened me. Maybe I like Ravenclaws more than I thought. I always thought they were just academics and... I experienced the academia is Well, it's kind of like expanded so. universe definition of Ravenclaw. Well, sure. Right. But, I mean, I think the thing about Harry Potter is the fandom has really made it yeah. Like, has really made the whole world. Yeah. Ever, like, for 20 years now, the fandom has yeah. been actively working like, to I, make the universe. I also like the expanding universe definition of Slytherin, too. It's just, like, yes, uh, progressive and, like, goal-oriented and, like, driven. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that makes more sense to me than them being, like, we're all fucking evil, <laughs> even though we're 11 years old. Like, <laughs> what? No. Gryffindor, the racist house. <laughs> <laughs> And I've seen, like, some, read some things where they try to justify it as, like, well, the books are from Harry's perspective, and Mm. that's why Mm -hmm. Slytherins are portrayed so horribly. Um, But I don't know. I've actually, like, always really struggled with that because Snape has always seemed like a sympathetic character. The fandom has really latched on to him as a sympathetic Mm -hmm. character. He obviously has flaws and issues he's dealing with. But, like, he's so evil to Harry, it's kind of hard to Mm -hmm. like him because at the start of the books, Harry is 11, and he's a grown man. (laughs) So you can't like him. You can't like him because he would treat a child that way. Nobody, except someone who is evil. What adult would would bully a A little kid? Literally, yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the rule doll aspect where it's like (laughs) those boundaries are crossed, right? So you kind of have to be a little forgiving, but it's also just like, no, you can't like that character. And you can't end up liking Mm -hmm. any of the Slytherins in the book because ultimately... They cross boundaries that shouldn't be crossed. Mm. Like, I'd argue that Snape is an interesting character, but good. Like, when my son was asking me, he's like, is Snape evil? I'm like, well, mm-hmm. it's complicated. He's it not, is, he's not yeah. good. He's not <laughs> good. Yeah, but I don't... Yeah. Snape's a dick. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Adventure time. He's an asshole, yeah. Well, well, it's, it's not good. It's not evil. But it's yeah. not good. It, it's it's a neutral snail. Yeah, or whatever. I do like... <laughs> whatever. It's an unaligned ant. It's an unaligned yeah. ant. <laughs> I do like how Harry Potter, like, the books do explore the fact that there's, you know, not really good or evil. There's just complicated people with complicated motivations. But I don't feel like they ever really get to what those motivations are. Speaking like, of... I wish 
They're more explicit, I guess. Speaking of getting to things, this last part of the fanfic mm-hmm. oh, is chapter what? seven. We're reading a fanfic? <laughs> <laughs> With the remoras. So, I don't know if we're going to cut all oh, that yeah. previous conversation or whatever. Like, uh, anyways, I think we have to put that in. <laughs> <laughs> it's all going to be, like, after the credits. <laughs> yeah, I thought it's, that, it's, that it's was... It's too long for that. I think I th- might yeah. just um, put it in chronologically, like, after the break, mm-hmm. like, in the middle of talking about Chapter 7. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> so... Might just have to. Whatever you like. Well, I was talking assuming you wouldn't put that in, but okay. No. <laughs> you can cut it down a little if you want. Just cut out everything I said. No, I'm just <laughs> So Hermione is, like, bugging the Ministry about, like, giving them permission to import some remoras. And like I said, I don't know why that's falling her, except that she's, <laughs> except that I guess she's got too much free time between spending all her time studying. It's not your job, Hermione. <laughs> like, it's like, all of a sudden, too, in this fanfic, like, ever since she defended Hagrid, which was really unexpected, too... It was like all of a sudden I'm Hagrid's legal defense, and then yes. now <laughs> I'm getting all of the magical creatures for him too. Like maybe Hermione's worried that if Hermione doesn't choose the magical creatures, Hagrid will. Um, <laughs> you know, also I can see like that. yeah, like the whole thing of like a box just shows up and Hagrid accepts it. That's yeah. so in character for him. Okay, that like he would not question where it came from or like. But yeah. counterpoint, okay? Mm-hmm. What does Dumbledore do all day? <laughs> because he is not he's not going over curriculum. No. He's not sitting in on classes. He's not looking after Hagrid. <laughs> because you think it would be much easier, like rather than a student being like, hey, can we get permission for these things? I'm 15. Like, if, if the headmaster of Hogwarts was like, we would like permission to import these magical creatures for our care of magical creatures class, he'd be like, sure, Dumbledore. <laughs> it would take one letter instead of whatever, like, 20 that Hermione had to send. I think Dumbledore is too busy being the savior of the wizarding world. What what does he do on an average day? <laughs> I Now I'm wondering that, yeah. Wakes up, showers, <laughs> shaves. No, wait. Never mind. Anti shave. Yeah, remember they say wizards don't shave in this. That's right. Like, yeah, oh, that's which I thought too. I thought was interesting. Did they learn that spell after the spell that they learned to remove the poop from their pants? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they say they like use that. a vanishing spell to banish the hair from their face. Was, like what? I, that that I, sounds uncomfortable. I'm not gonna lie. If that's the case, why is there still bedpans in the hospital? <laughs> And I would hope what, what that they, they wanna, learn. What do they want to do if they want to like sculpt their beard or like? You need to some precise charm skills for that. I guess Strategic so. Yeah. There's probably some pretty ambitious charms like changing colors, like moving, like different topiary shapes and. Ooh yeah. yeah. Okay. I just gotta say. <laughs> I understand why they use toilets now because banishing <laughs> the shit from your pants is not pleasant. But what about the sinks? Couldn't you just like vanish the leg germs from your hands? Yeah. Like, I would, I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> I mean, even if you could Preston vanish it. I guess. Even if you could vanish mm-hmm. it, there's still that moment where you're standing there <laughs> with everything just there before you vanish. You have to live in that moment. So chapter seven. <laughs> in which they use soap and water. <laughs> they, they get some remoras. <laughs> Eventually the ministry's like, fine, and like sends them some remoras. Mm. And, you know, the, they're beautiful fish, they're magic in some sense. Um, 
Tori, you were saying those fishes that actually are remoras. These are remoras yeah. with an A. Hmm. And maybe okay. it's like maybe it's like Hiding in Japanese, where it's like Hiding is the name for a giraffe, but it's also the name of a mythological creature that's like a unicorn. I see. Because when when the first Japanese people saw giraffes, they were like, oh yeah, that, that, that's a Hiding, clearly. And so that's that's cool. Yeah, Remora is the fish. Remora. Ramora. Anyway, they're for their class, they, you know, they're taking care of the remoras. Everyone likes them. They're cute and they, they're beautiful and they take care of them and they have remora babies and Hermione's like, oh, that's a, usually they don't have babies like this. Maybe we're overfeeding them. And actually there's a point made that Hagrid even likes them even though they're not dangerous. <laughs> Just proves how likable they are. Now, these fish are from India. Uh, which is why they need special permission to like bring some in for the but class. They're a protected species, protected from, species India. from India. Yeah. And what ends up happening is that a Indian wizard comes in very, very angry at them, um, and is like shouting at them about this stuff. I like two moments in this. For one thing, the the wizards talking to them or shouting at Hagrid in Bengali. And Hagrid has, like, the, the opposite of that thing where, like, an English tourist will speak very <laughs> loudly and slowly to someone in another country, mm-hmm. just thinking that maybe if they do that, they'll suddenly understand English. <laughs> um, Hagrid has this moment where it says, Hagrid's face was screwed up in concentration, and the apparent belief that if only he listened intently enough, he would somehow magically begin to comprehend the other wizard's <laughs> language. I'm not going to lie, I've had that moment. <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah. It's very relatable and also really funny. <laughs> <laughs> and... The other thing I like in this situation is Parvati. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this sequence where I, I can read it, I guess. What's he saying? Ron asked Hermione. I don't know. I don't speak Hindi, I suppose, or Urdu. Bengali, actually, said Parvati Patil. Load of insults, mostly. Shameless bandit, filthy son of a pig, thieving Rakshasa. I think he thinks Hagrid stole the remoras. What? shrieked Hermione, looking nearly as angry as the Indian wizard. He never! We got them from the Ministry of Magic. I went through the proper channels. I filled out all the forms. I have letters. You tell him, Parvati. You tell him I have letters. (laughs) Parvati backed away. She clearly wanted nothing to do with the situation, and Harry couldn't blame her. (laughs) I just like that, where it's like, just because she understands some of this, this is not her job. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This is a rough job. (laughs) It's overwhelming. Yeah, I I respect... I respect her choice. Like yeah, she me sets too. clear boundaries for herself. <laughs> yeah. She's like, "This is too much for me. <laughs> I need to take care of myself." Right. Okay. Exactly. There, there are those moments where, like, I understand the language this is all going in. I don't care about the situation going on. <laughs> I have to participate. She's not going to step in and try to be the interpreter in this situation. Right. Yeah. I, I appreciate that because I feel like it's a very real thing where it's like, "Well, you speak the language. It's your job now to like be mm-hmm. the." Be the professional interpreter. And just no, no. Th- th- this isn't going to be my my afternoon. No. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, you know, she has no idea what else she'd be getting herself into in stepping into the situation. I feel like there's always the escalating mode of like, if I agree to this, what else is going to happen? So I think she makes a very reasonable choice here. And so they take him to Dumbledore, and appreciate that Dumbledore actually knows Bengali. <laughs> At least he was speaking it. Like, yeah. yeah. I guess this is what Dumbledore does all day. <laughs> Dumbledore has to like uh, be the the one talking, and like they look over the papers and you know ma- magic the papers in different languages and examine them. And apparently, there's this whole situation where like some remoras 
like wizards were trawling for remorse with a net and like and were, the, the Indian government would never give away any remorse under any circumstance but they were smuggled into Scotland and like somehow ended up in the care of Ministry of Magic and like someone just sent them without proper you know fact checking or whatever who didn't know what the deal was with the remoras and the Indian government's attitude towards them but then the wizard visiting wizard here is actually delighted to find out that they bred in captivity which is unheard of right because mm-hmm. like they've never been able to breed any period no, right. in, in, in captivity yeah right well, I mean they breed in the wild <laughs> probably have we all played uh, Pokemon games I don't yeah, know I, I, was yeah. just, I was just suddenly thinking of like when you leave Pokemon the daycare for the mm-hmm. eggs and every single time <laughs> the daycare people are like well this egg appeared I don't know how it got here <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I think it's pretty clear how it got there. <laughs> mm-hmm. I left a Nidoran male and a Nidoran female, and this is a Nidoran egg. And also, weren't you there at the time? <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, um, that actually has nothing to do with this. Um, speaking of things that have nothing to do with <laughs> this, actually, no, I just wanted to go back for a second because I've just been thinking this whole time, ever since I read this, why don't they have magical translation spells? There really should be some, right? Right? Yeah. Well, a spell that convenient would prove the existence of God. But they have <laughs> spells that are way more convenient than that. Like, so many more convenient spells. Well, they have spells that can translate a written word, apparently, as shown in this exactly. chapter. Exactly. Yeah, so, true. it just surprised me this is the first time we've encountered language barriers. Mm-hmm. Like, in terms of the written text of Harry Potter... Language barriers were never present before, despite people coming from yeah. other countries. Because everyone in the world speaks English, mm-hmm. as it should be. But mm-hmm. we... Proper British English. I mean, right. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't read all the books, and I probably didn't read them that closely, so I could be incorrect, but it seems like we're led to believe that everybody understood each other, and I don't know if that was because they were supposed to all speak English or not. And, and, yeah, and the books everybody spoke English. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't recall language barriers ever being a thing. It's um, never a thing. Yeah. I, I like that they addressed it, but I also think mm-hmm. it's funny that they don't bring magic into it at all. Well, we've got one last what I thought was a really fun character moment before the end of this fanfic where it seems like the only thing they've been doing they've been doing taking care of them like feeding them and feeding a professor Snape's goldfish tonic Mm -hmm. and a goldfish tonic is a fairly standard potion thing apparently but like they go to Snape and they like ask him about it and there's this great moment I I, I thought it was such a good exchange I feel like you rarely see Snape as a potions person yeah but Mm -hmm. this but Mm -hmm. this felt very true to like what Snape would be like as a potions person I I love this as a as a character moment for Snape yeah yeah there he's like I I followed the exact recipe with certain standard substitutions of locally available ingredients (laughs) whoa whoa whoa, Snape Snape, hold up a sec (laughs) what does that mean he's like he's like I'll just write it out for you and he's like writing Writing, writing, he likes, like, four pages of notes. Apparently he substituted like... every ingredient for something else. Right, every <laughs> single ingredient was something that he thought would work better in it. It's like that parable of, like, was that somebody's ship or something? Yeah, it's um, the ship of... Dadalus? No, the ship of... I'll Google it. <laughs> it's, like, kind of the snake you, you want to see, though. Like, ship of Thesis. Is... Yeah. Oh, yes, of course. The ship of thesis, right? Where if you if you've replaced every single component of the ship over time, is it a new ship or is it the same ship? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but this is like the Snape you've wanted to see all along. Like the Snape actually doing his craft. 
But yeah. he does it in such a, like, amazing way that he substitutes everything. And yet his potion still works. Right. And I love that. And I he writes out the that. recipe complete with footnotes on how to make each substitution component for each ingredient. And these, this, this is the qualification to be a teacher at Hogwarts. You need to be a super specialist in this area. Right. Doesn't qualify you to be a good teacher. No. But makes you a specialist mm-hmm. in this area. A very college way of doing it. Yeah, because Snape yeah, like literally picks on little boys. But he's <laughs> great at what he does. He makes Which is pick on little boys. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, make potions. Yeah. <laughs> All that. Yeah, Dumbledore is like checking the work. He says, but surely an infusion of frog spawn isn't magical enough to take the place of Capabrine? It is if it's made with Hogwarts lake water, said Snape shortly. <laughs> and mock pickle of Chunkwe? A deduction of dillweed, dragon's blood, Ogden's old fire whiskey, and muggle curry powder, said Snape. The instructions for brewing it are in the fourth footnote. <laughs> <laughs> so like, it's a simple recipe, but it's a recipe that requires its own recipes. Right. <laughs> Severus, is there a single ingredient in this entire potion that you did not use a substitute for? Said Dumbledore, a note of amused exasperation in his voice. When I make substitutions, said Snape haughtily, they work. <laughs> <laughs> they work. They <laughs> work. And long story short, everyone's very happy with that, and uh, Snape and, and Hagrid are both put up for awards for Oh, and stuff. this was great, too. Because, <laughs> like, Hagrid wins for Herbology, and then <laughs> Snape wins for... Care of magical creatures. Oh yeah, he was also feeding horclubs to these things, and so the mm-hmm. herbology. Oh right. The award for herbology was for finding an actual use for horclubs. Which is <laughs> also so funny because apparently horclubs are animals, not plants, <laughs> and it's totally reversed because they think Snape should probably get the award for herbology oh. and. Hagrid should get the award for animal... What was the award for animal something? Magical creatures. Magical prize, creatures, right? yes. Which, because horclumps are not plants, and Hagrid is not nothing with plants, well, but Tori, still is getting a herbology award. There's plants, animals, fungi, and horclumps, okay? Horclumps are animals, though. We've yeah. established those. <laughs> They've said that. They're magical <laughs> creatures. So. All right, fine. Yeah, and slime attention. molds. <laughs> and I can't do anything to prove you anything, because my phone will not turn on, so... All right. I guess you can win in every conversation. No, it, just, it just says, I thought you said horclumps were animals, not plants, said Harry. They should be giving Hagrid a magical creatures prize. Well, there's still some some debate about that, said Hermione. <laughs> and Snape, who's up for the magical creatures prize. Mm-hmm. If his remora tonic lives up to its promise, he has a fair chance of becoming the first Western wizard to receive the Order of Kuang Po. And I like that little thing where it's just like, well, yeah, there's stuff going on in, in Asia that, like, we don't know anything about. I mean, there should be. <laughs> Uh, yeah, like when it mentions the international wizarding world in this mm-hmm. fic. That's fun. Yeah, yeah. there's a couple mentioned like hunting or gathering remorse are against like international wizarding conventions or something like that. Mm. They actually bring in a wizard from some somewhere other than a western or a white nation, which is I don't know if they did that. Is that much unprecedented? In the books, it might or... be in the canon. Yeah. Which part? Like anyone who's not from Europe, at all. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> they very frequently mention yeah, the right. wider wizarding world. They do, but yeah. it's it seems like everybody mm-hmm. they interact with outside of the UK is European. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, and not like, even that many Americans, but regardless of that, they're all white people. Is my main basically, point. Basically, yeah. Like the most like, exotic they get are like Romanians. Mm. Just about yeah. yeah. 
because I'm trying to think back on it. Like, books one through four are the ones I've read through over and over. Mm -hmm. um, five, six, and seven, I've only read once because um, I just didn't like them as well. Um, but, yeah, to my if, recollection, I don't... Yeah, pretty much all white people. Yeah. Yeah. Can we at least get some Estonian wizards if we're going to go, like, Eastern European? Mm -hmm. or, like, Estonia. Yeah. Can we, like, yeah, just... <laughs> Just go outside of England for a minute because mm -hmm. let's be honest. Even when they bring in the other European wizards, they still act totally English. Yeah, like mm -hmm. let's just like have some diversity. I don't know. So we've been talking about Harry Potter for like an hour and a half now. We've been talking <laughs> oh for a long time about a twelve thousand word fan, <laughs> which is really short as things go. But I, I figured that there would just be enough for us to all to rant about for Harry Potter. Like we didn't need a long fanfic. Yes. <laughs> Apparently that was true. Yeah, you were correct. So, is there anything we want to complain about about this fanfic before we go to praise? Hmm. Redneck wizards. Yeah. We could take that out. Not 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 necessary in the chapter. Yeah, the just, whole thing. just have the whole chapter three be like three paragraph one, and I would be perfectly happy. Yeah, and like even the author admitted that they didn't know what they were talking about when they wrote this chapter, the doc yeah. talking about rednecks and the whole comedy thing. So it was just not well executed, not a good idea. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's that thing where like authors are not necessarily writing these things for people to be reading them uh, 17 years later and you know talking about things. Mm -hmm. It's just like throwing it out towards their audience, expecting it to be disposable entertainment. Sure. But it still could have been your own original writing, which is perfectly entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that was part of my complaint, but I feel like I've already registered it, and I feel like I've kind of registered all my complaints at this point. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think my only other complaint is kind of wraps into my compliment is that uh, I could have used a little bit more meat. <laughs> mm -hmm. If this was a fun story, I could have used a little bit more content, mm -hmm. more... More story, maybe? I think the reason that Hyru enjoyed it so much and put it on the list was basically its ability to capture the original flavor humor. Mm -hmm. Like, and that is a yeah. thing. It does read, the humor does read like Harry Potter humor. Yeah, And it the does. characters' voices are usually pretty good. Yes. Yeah. But you're right. It's not like there's any plot that goes from chapter one to the end. Yeah. I mean... I guess there's like the wrapping a little bow on it where it's like, oh, the Ministry of Magic decided to let him teach dangerous creatures again because mm -hmm. they decided harmless and easily domesticated creatures were too dangerous. Cue <laughs> laugh track. <laughs> but that's a pretty thin connective tissue. Yeah, I, I enjoyed the, the tone. I enjoyed the topic. I could have used more. Mm. I think this one could like make a really fun webcomic. Oh, yeah. Um, like just where it is kind of episodic and... Like, oh, what's Hagrid bringing in this week? And I don't know how many people can actually write a webcomic and not have it become an ongoing story that is very serious and dramatic. That's true. At some point, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, what, what would what would the webcomic of Harmless and Easily Domesticated be doing, like, 600 strips in? <laughs> uh, they'd have multiple dimension characters. <laughs> I figure probably we would be involved in some, like, the main character would now some be Ron's child. older brother who's, like, studying dragons in mm -hmm. South America or whatever. Or some child would die. At and least one. like, yeah, yeah. It wouldn't and actually would be, be about thing. Hagrid anymore. It'd be about a minor character that appeared in the first chapter at one point and then becoming the, the main character about chapter four, chapter five in. At this point, they would have already passed their owls for magical creatures and be, like, entering the Ministry of Magic in some sort of capacity for, like, magical creature studies. 
at the end of the first chapter, they would have met multi-dimensional magical <laughs> creatures that have all banished them into separate different dimensions that would have paralleled, like, different Earth timelines. Like, one would be in, like, a steampunk universe, and it would just alternate chapters, you know? And also a universe where they were the magical creatures being studied. Uh, yes. Or maybe... Right. Oh, that would happen. Oh. That would happen yeah, by, like, also the be aliens. Well, or maybe yeah. because climate change is real... You know, the world is, like, flooded with water, and, like, then all the... You have the, all these weird sea creatures. Like, like water worlds. Yes. <laughs> yeah. In the wizard world. Wizard yeah. world. Wizard, wizard water world. Yeah, exactly. There you go. <laughs> um, it's all, all the same park at Universal, too. <laughs> I, I take your point, though. I mean, the strength of it is being amusing and episodic. And yes. so you could totally see that in another format besides text. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I don't have any rants about it, though. It was fun. Well, um, if I was going to praise anything in this, though, just to say that, I think it was really funny. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of mad that my phone keeps shutting off because it's a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> because I wanted to look up some hilarious quotes. But this fanfic was brilliant in the sense that it was really funny. And it was funny in the same way Harry Potter was funny. So I'm giving mad props to the author for, for making it hilarious. Like, Hagrid was on point, the characters were on point, and there were so many humorous moments that I wish I could read to you, but my phone is a piece of shit. <laughs> All right, moving on. Hagrid could have been a little bit less childish. But yes, I agree. It makes me happy just to see Hagrid being used as a character, like, specifically about his Hagrid personality things mm-hmm. and Hagrid yeah. interests and, like, Hagrid, you know, strengths, right? I felt this totally. was all pretty on brand for Hagrid, but yeah. that might be a minus. Maybe they can make <laughs> Hagrid a little bit more interesting in character. A little bit less on brand, right? <laughs> it's a fan fiction, right? No, no, I know what you mean, right. Yeah. You could have done something with him that was not done, but it's only things that were done. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like to treat him kind of like a baby, but he was still a good character, so... Yeah. Emily, thanks for coming on with us. Thank yeah, you. Thanks for having mm-hmm. me. This is fun. Well, if you're ever back down here, we can get you something dark and depressing and serious. <laughs> Harry Potter great. style. All right. To balance this out. <laughs> we'll we'll, we'll uh, make you read that Crab and Goyle character study. Sounds good. <laughs> I'm down. Harmful and um, difficult to domesticate. <laughs> that wild, not... wild and reckless. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, footloose and fancy for <laughs> That didn't sound quite as dark as I was hoping. I think harmful and diff- difficult to domesticate would be like the Shoujo manga series. <laughs> Featuring Crab and Goyle, and they yeah. have to yeah, the Shoujo eye. choosing between them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or right. Sh- Sean and I. It's decided. That's what we'll do. <laughs> Someone write that. Someone write that 15 years ago. Anyway. Next week, I think we're going to be going way off the rails. That is the plan. And watching a fan parody fan dub of Evangelion, the famous re-death, um, you can find that online. We've got a link to it at bit.ly slash rfrredeath. We'll probably have to have another debate just like we did with Xena about is this fan fiction, but whatever, we're doing it anyway. Uh, Amada, can I put this on my Kindle? Can I kind of read it like that? Um, yeah, we'll give you a transcript. Can you get an RTF? <laughs> <laughs> As for this... <laughs> This was episode 39 of Retro Fanfic Retrospective, Harmless and Easily Domesticated. You can find a link there at bit.ly slash rfrharmless. The intro song is The Weekly Fair off of the album Popey's Incredible Adventure by Komiku. The outro song is Run Against the Universe from the same album. 
You can find this album and other works by Komiku at loyaltyfreakmusic.com. You can find our website at retrofanficretrospective.podbean.com or bit.ly slash retrofanfic. We are also on Twitter at retrofanficretrospective and on Facebook at retrofanfic, I believe. Um, if you have questions, comments, or thoughts about the episode, send us an email at retrofanficretrospective at gmail.com or contact us through any of those other memes or leave comments or reviews on the podcast listening service that you use or whatever, something like that. Mm-hmm. We're, we're loose. <laughs> <laughs> we're easy. We're easy. Whatever. We take a Dumbledore approach to <laughs> bureaucracy. Dumbledore is just checking his Facebook all day. <laughs> <laughs> Would be. <laughs> I'm Amato. I'm Tori. I'm Dom. I'm Emily. We're just four Earth life forms trying to be nice to each other. Until next time, take care. I want to be Dumbledore's friend on Facebook so I can see him posting dank memes all the time. (laughs) I know, right? It's 11 p.m. Let's go. All right. <laughs> what? Then? What What? 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 what time is that? 11 p.m. Dang. Uh, I'm it's, sorry. It's Bring it. It's Harry Potter. I can talk right. forever about Harry Potter. <laughs>